Here comes no, not again. Hello, boy. Welcome. There he comes. Here he is. Welcome. <gasps> what? This is morbid in the mundane. <gasps> You're Epis saying it before the intro even plays. <laughs> Episode twenty-one. I was about to say, bitch. No, it's not twenty. It's twenty-one. We are filming it mere seconds after episode 19 we got up to stretch and then sat back, sat back down we didn't even go eat we didn't leave the room we're still here we turned the lights off because it's a yellow room <laughs> yeah my head hurts a so, little bit but the lights off is a vibe it makes it more spooky I'm and a fun spooked out but yeah um so what have you been doing since episode 19? Oh, so much. <laughs> so many things. I watched that TikTok again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, boy. <laughs> um, we... That's, well, like, all we did. I was going to say, let's reconnect. Let's recollect. Um, okay, the last time I saw you. Okay, we got a new villainous expansion. <gasps> yeah. Since the last time I saw you, you have not gotten to play it yet. I am excited to play that. It's so fun. For those of you who don't know... Um, I'm my me and my two roommates who are my best friends and who I love very deeply are obsessed with the Disney villainous board game and every time someone comes over we try and make them play it because we have all of the expansions we pre-ordered them we, we are <laughs> up to date um, and we got a new one and it has Gaston and Lady Tremaine and uh, the Horned King from the Black Cauldron that's fun super cool I'm excited to play it they're all, like, weird, though. I'm ready. Like, I, without mansplaining the game too much, the Horned King has a card on his board. It's like Rapunzel. Like, it's thick and hard. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like the way I said that. <laughs> um, it's like cardstock. And if it's on one side, it's good for him. And if it's on one side, it's bad for him. Oh. So our job is to flip it back and forth. And Gaston has all these little, like, pieces that are obstacles. And... He has to defeat all of the obstacles on the board to seduce Belle. Oh. Yeah. It's like a thing. That's pretty fun. It is. I could talk about my trip. That's what I said I would do oh, on yeah. episode Tell me 21. About Tennessee. I went to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and we went hiking a bunch. We saw bears. On one of the hiking trips we did. I think we told you about this. Yeah. Um, but I will tell the podcast. We were walking, and we look up in front of the path. One of my friends goes, oh, a bear. <laughs> so it's taking pictures. And it's like a, a mom bear. At this point, we thought it was just one bear. The bear crosses the path, and then cubs <laughs> go by. And a mom bear is the worst bear to run into because they'll, like, attack on site to protect their cubs. They don't care who you are. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> they just kind of, like, stood watching us as we stood and watched it and its cubs. We got some cool pictures of it. But then we were like, yeah, let's go to the car so we don't get eaten. <laughs> so we don't get eaten. Um, we also, we, we swam in the, the really cold streams in Tennessee, which was fun. We just would hike into the woods and mm -hmm. hop in, which was really cool. Some of y'all's pictures are very funny. Oh, yeah. We took a billion pictures uh, had a great time. Uh, we went to the Titanic Museum. And we, oh, we, you didn't uh, tell me about that yet. We went to dinner first. And so when, since we were doing dinner in a museum, we dressed up for that day. Just like oh. a little bit fancy. We, we like did it. 
we did a couple like planned outfits so we could take funny pictures because we just wanted to take a billion pictures for mm-hmm. memories and memories. uh so we dressed up that day and so it was really fun because we went to dinner then we walked around the titanic museum which is a very cool museum yeah they let you put your hand in the the, the water temperature i'd like it it burned after like 10 <gasps> seconds. We had a competition who could leave their hand the longest. Who you couldn't won? feel your... Uh, who did win? Uh, Adam might have won. I'll have to ask who won because I don't. I didn't win. You definitely just misquoted someone on the podcast and now you're going to get an angry text message. From my friends. From your friends. Like, um, actually, bitch, I won. If I'm wrong, I will update. <laughs> just tell me. Um, I just remember I like... Because there's also a big iceberg in the same room you can put your hands on. Mm-hmm. And I had just did a competition with some of the people on the iceberg. So then I stuck the same hand in because <laughs> I'm dumb. I totally could have just used the other hand and not have stuck my already cold hand in. So I lost. And then <laughs> I kind of walked away to keep reading. So I'm not sure who won. Um, but the bit there's the big iceberg in there. There's like a room that looks like the front of the ship that shows you what they could see. Oh. And how like how soon they could see the iceberg and like show that they only had seconds to turn out of the way. Damn. And then there's also like a simulator that shows you how hard it was to turn the boat out the way and why they couldn't. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like it they have sloped floors at certain parts to show like at what time how hard it was to walk up the deck towards like to get away from the water yeah and at points you're like hanging on the the side railing trying to pull yourself up yeah. you can go up the the sloped floors um there's this part that it's got like this plexiglass in front of you and you're looking down a hallway that has stairs going up it okay and if the this the lights start flickering you start hearing the noises and then all of a sudden water starts rushing down the stairs and it shows you how fast water came into the lower levels insane. terrifying have you seen that game that's like the titanic simulator yes you know i want to play that so bad it uh-uh i can't I, oh the I titanic's terrifying um what was some other cool stuff they had a lot of stories about the people on board which is just so interesting yeah there was these um there was these like I don't remember if they were twins or siblings, but they they were being taken somewhere and they were reunited with their mother because they were they were found like it it was some like crazy story that happened. And I wish I could remember it, but it was so interesting because they were like the reason they the reason they were reunited with their mother is because they were on the Titanic. Damn. There were, it talked about, like, the dogs that were on the Titanic. It showed, like, it, they had the rooms. You could walk into the, the different the styles of rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the, there was the like, ballroom-themed room that talked about the instruments and the, the fancy parties that were there. And they let us play the piano, the grand piano that was there. Damn. Um, there was a guy playing it, and then he asked who knew. And I don't know the piano, so I did not go play the piano. Was it Adam? Uh, Adam played... My friend Alex played, and my friend played, and we nice. jazz band. Oh yeah! So you this this man's before. knows like some cool stuff on the piano. That was really fun. I I had never heard my play piano before, mm-hmm. so I thought that was dope. Um, Do I need to bleep name out, or will he be fine? Um, we can bleep it out because I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know if he listens. Um, Isn't it crazy how one catastrophe? can have like a whole museum dedicated to it now mm-hmm. like things like, like we were talking about that you wouldn't like the the museum is a scaled down version of the boat that's yeah. what's on the side of the road and you wouldn't put 
a, like a scaled down version of the twin towers on the side of the road no it's just because the titanic was so romanticized yeah in its time and after its time with movies but like during the time it was like the most like extravagant ship the biggest yeah. ship the most romantic ship it's and the it's loveliest voyage yeah so they they that romanticism kind of kept it in like a different category of tragedy almost and we were talking about it in the gift shop you can get a lot of stuff that says rss t- titanic on it it's like that feels a little fucked up like <laughs> like like it's know. interesting but it, it, at its core it's a tragedy yeah it's so weird how that tragedy is just like in its own category and of it's like, almost celebrated now in a weird way like yeah you kind of you you the way we learn about it and the museums dedicated to it the way they're set up different than like the the it's not but then you can look at like world war ii museum in new orleans it has a lot of the same like replicas of stuff and you can go into the old uh the 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 soda pop shop that's like styled in the same way it would be during world war ii yeah and a lot of like that you can go into bunkers and stuff yeah like they have the same like it i don't know it's a weird way we we're like all fascinated with certain tragedies and other tragedies like you it's like things like like the there was a civil rights museum in georgia that was opened up in 2015 Oh, I've I heard really about this. Wanna I want to go so bad. Um, but there's like, they have like replicas and things and interactive displays. Like there's a, one of my teachers went and told me about how like there's a lunch counter. And you're supposed to sit down and put headphones on and see how long you can stay seated yeah. with all of like being berated and stuff. And it's like that and like things like 9-11 and there's like the Holocaust Museum. Like those are large scale tragedies. Like but things like, I mean, at its core, the Titanic was a boat that sank. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was, but it it, it was romanticized so far. We like, talked about that. That's it. a boat that sank in the, the Bermuda Triangle that lost, like, 300 people. Mm-hmm. This was, like, thousands of people because it was a big boat. So it yeah. just shows, like, the when scale comes into play and the, the like, hype around it yeah. kind of sets in a different, like you said, it, it's a boat that sank, but because of the hype during the time and the 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 kind of engineering marvel that it was just kind of elevates it to that next level i saw a conspiracy theory and i'm gonna preface it by saying it was a conspiracy theory and i have not done any research um that it was a the titanic sank because they were trying to commit insurance fraud Did you see that? Yeah. I've also read, like, the one where the Olympic is the Mm -hmm. one that sank. They switched them and, like, repainted over it. I saw someone, though, say that it was was supposed to hit. It was supposed to to crash, but um, there were, like, there were other boats that were supposed to be prepared to come in and rescue people because it was just for the insurance. Um, But there was a there was some miscommunications with like radios and stuff like that so they didn't get there in time like it's oh, it was we'll su- have to come back to those no, it was a I super love- interesting conspiracy but i was like i i don't know how to feel about conspiracies like that because at its core it's a tragedy yeah like we're conspiring about the deaths of hundreds of people and that like it feels a little icky mm-hmm. but the sentence the titanic was sank for insurance fraud Wow. I want to like, look. I want to know where they're getting that I from. I want to know. I want to know why. But, like, damn. That's that's a bold claim for a tragedy. That's a bold claim for a tragedy. Uh, there was some other cool stuff in the museum. Like, they, they found uh, 
an article of clothing mm-hmm. uh, and it's like priceless. You can't buy it. Like it, oh, it's yeah. crazy how rare this child's clothing is. But they also have a lot of the plates from the Titanic. They have deck chairs that were rescued from the like sunken ship. Mm-hmm. They have like, there's only like four notes that on the, the Titanic stationery in the world. And they had some of them. Damn. Uh, there's a, it's a really cool museum. Uh, we also did on backtracking a little bit we had we had rented a cabin and there mm-hmm. was a, a hot tub at the cabin there's also a pool table so we did a lot of that mm-hmm. um we made a lot of food we'll have to bleep his name again but <laughs> is a master chef he <laughs> works at chipotle nice and made us chicken and we went to the store and made him and like, bought more chicken so he could make us more chicken oh my like God. that's how good it was it was he his parents make him cook for him like he's a good cook Damn. and we just have like our personal chef on the trip pretty Pop much off. and um we what else we we hiked to two waterfalls the first one was pretty big and cool i'll show you some of the cool pictures we had three color like outfits planned one of them was we were all a different color Mm-hmm. So like I was blue, so I dressed in all blue, and then we went and played mini golf, and you had to have the ball. You got yeah. your the ball that was your color. That's so cute. So we took a lot of pictures there, and then we another outfit we did. Like I said, we dressed up for dinner, and and the Titanic Museum since it was like a more yeah, it was a museum yeah and dinner yeah. So it was a more fancy day. So we Bye. dressed up, and then we also did camp counselor outfits for one of our hikes so we all had hats and tucked in shirts and khaki shorts rolled up and tall socks so y'all are precious we have some great pictures (laughs) i've seen some of them on y'all's instagram i think i followed lauren finally good because like i didn't like i didn't want to actively like seek lauren out and be like that person but (laughs) like like one you or adam tagged her and i was like yeah this is acceptable there we go i was like i can follow her and i already followed grayson yeah, from Minecraft. Yeah, from Minecraft. Because Grayson <laughs> and I know each other exclusively because we played Minecraft together like two or three times. And yep. that's it. <laughs> and we bullied Adam together. Like I hadn't I had met this man like one time and we just The teamwork. No, it was just seamless. Teamwork. <laughs> seamless teamwork. When are we gonna play Minecraft again? Right now. Cool. Quit I'm the down. podcast. Quit the podcast. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to jump in? I guess. Okay, I should probably open my notes that I closed because we just finished recording a podcast. My my topic this week is uh, interesting. I am. But I can't tell you why it's interesting until about halfway through the research. Oh. Yeah. What is yours? It's a true crime. Oh. That's one of the ones I have coming up. Um, so, originally, this this episode because uh, i started the research a while ago i so i i think i've mentioned it before i always preface my stories with like the weirdest shit anyway i pick topics out months in advance and just make a google doc titled mm ep- episode 23 in parentheses true crime and i'll just drop it on a random number and mm-hmm. just forget about it Um, until I get to that number. So that's kind of what happened with this one. Um, But I did do the bare minimum research like a month or two ago because it's interesting. Um, So originally, this was titled The Disappearance of, um, but as of three weeks ago, we can now title it The Murder of. (gasps) 
as of three weeks ago. Oh, wow. Um, this just happened. So, do you know who Dylan Redwine is? No. Okay. So, um, Dylan Redwine. Okay. 13-year-old boy. Okay. Um, and he was murdered in Bayfield, Colorado in November of 2012. 2012? And three weeks ago. They found out. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, strapping so in. So, I'm going to credit my sources because I, I, my biggest fear is accidental plagiarism. There's a very good YouTube video. Um, her name was Savannah Brimer. And she did a very, it was like 20 minutes, so she did a very good Spark Notes version. And then I went through and found news articles that were published like in 2012 of like the things that they thought were true and all of this. So um, I did a lot of research there. And then I, I watched an episode of a TV show that I will then talk about later because. It gives it away. A little. Okay. Um, it, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Dylan was born. This threw me. Uh, February 6th, 1999. So my age. Mm-hmm. Um, two parents, uh, Mark and Elaine. Um, he was the youngest brother. He had two half-siblings from Mark's previous marriage and an older brother from his parents' marriage named Corey. Uh, Dylan specifically really adored Corey. Like, he and Corey were very, very close. Um, and he looked up to Corey a lot. Dylan also loved sports. He was a very energetic child. Um, at some point, though, after he was born, his parents hit a very rough patch in their marriage, and so they did divorce. They split up. Um, at first, custody was 50-50 between the parents, uh, but eventually Elaine moved to Colorado Springs, and when she moved, she got full custody of Dylan, uh, the boy was still scheduled court-ordered visits with his father, though. Okay. Um, Mark was living in Bayfield at the time. Okay. Um, so it, it's about a, a six-hour drive okay. between the two. Short plane ride. Um, Dylan wasn't, like, too big of a fan of these visits. Uh, just with like, his father? Yeah, just full disclosure. He, was mo he, said, he mainly said he was bored. Oh, okay. was the problem it was a so his mom like colorado springs is a pretty big city mm -hmm. um and there's like a lot to do and all that stuff and like granted like dylan had lived in bayfield before but it, the thing with that was that his dad lived in a very like isolated house she's kind of secluded the town from anything was small the the nearest big city was about 20 minutes away so we couldn't get there like casually it's there's not much to do and according to dylan um his dad didn't really, like, do much with them. It was kind of just, like, a vibes situation. <laughs> just kind of for the point of it. Yeah. So, in November of 2012, he did have a scheduled visit with his father so that he could spend Thanksgiving with him. So, he had a flight scheduled from Colorado Springs to Durango, which is the, the city, about 20 minutes away from where Mark lived. Um, his flight was scheduled for November 17th, um, and it was canceled, rescheduled to the 18th. So, he gets on the flight, he makes the trip, there is footage of him in the Durango airport um, on the 18th after the flight landed. So, we do know that he made it there. Okay. And he also did text his mom to let her know that he was picked up from the airport at around 7 o'clock on the night of the 18th. Okay. Um, I'm following. Mark 
says after this they went to Walmart. There is video, there is footage of that. They did go to Walmart. Um, and then he says that he wanted to go to a restaurant with Dylan, but Dylan just wanted McDonald's. So they went through the McDonald's drive-thru, they ate in the car, and then they, they Is there any home. footage of that? Do you know? No. Okay. Not because, I, I mean, drive-thru footage also isn't... Good. Good or terribly common. This was also 2012. Yeah. That's so, what I figured since yeah. I said it, but I wanted to clarify. Um, so Mark says that Dylan was actually on the phone for a lot of this, um, like most of the car ride and all that stuff. Uh, Dylan did have friends in the area, um, and he was texting them. Like, we have phone records. Um, okay. He was texting his friends. Um, Law and Crime Network said that, through phone records, uh, Dylan was making plans to stay over at a friend's house the next day. Okay. Um, so just seeing old buddies. Yeah. So there was no more activity on his phone after 9.30 p.m. the night of November 18th. Um, later, Elaine would document how weird that was for her son. Dylan was 13, um, had a smartphone, like, Mans was a texter. Yeah. And he was also a night owl. Like, the likelihood of him going to bed at 9.30 p.m. was weird. I was about to say, for a teenager in yeah, general, no. that's just on, weird. And on a school vacation, like, no, no, no. Because, um, like, he's, this is Thanksgiving break for him. Yeah, like he's off of school. There's no reason to go to bed that early. So, and especially because uh, Elaine said that when he would on, he would be at Mark's house, he'd be on his phone more. Like, because he was bored. Because he was bored. Yeah, it was just weird to for that to happen. But we didn't, we don't know that until way later. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to say, um, so November nineteenth, the morning of the nineteenth rolls around, um, and I just want a disclaimer that this is all. The, the story of from Mark. Okay. Just putting that out there. Um, so Mark says that Dylan did not like to sleep in his bed. Um, he preferred to sleep in the living room. So he was asleep on the couch. Um, and the morning of the 19th, Mark woke up super early and tried to wake up Dylan with him. Um, he asked if Dylan wanted to go into town, help him run errands. But according to him, I mean, it was like 7.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Dylan did not want to get up. He'd been presumably up all night, um, even though his phone records, okay, whatever. But (laughs) he just wanted to sleep. Uh, So Mark left the house at around 7.30 a.m. He went to his attorney's office. Um, He went to his payroll. He just did errands. Yeah. He went to his attorney's office. He went to his payroll office. Um, He texted Dylan twice in this time. These text messages I got from, I think it was Channel 9 News. They put an article out in, like, 2013. Um, At 8.14 a.m., he said, Hey, bud, out of the office, call me. And then a few minutes later, Hey, you, call me, please. No response. He didn't get back home until around 11.30 in the afternoon, and by that point, Dylan was already gone, presumably at his friend's house. Wait, in the 11.30 in the afternoon? afternoon? It's like... So a few hours later, he left at seven thirty a.m. So when it wouldn't be afternoon, because eleven's before noon. Oh, eleven thirty in the morning. I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing mental math, no, 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 sorry, trying no, to count. No, okay, um, that makes I I got it now. I was okay. like eleven thirty at night. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of errands were? Th- <laughs> I now see why that was wrong. Um. So he he gets home around 11.30, and by that point, Dylan was already gone, presumably at his friend's house. 
Um, he didn't think this was odd because the night before he was, Dylan was making plans with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did text him again at 11.23 a.m. Dill, I am home and you're nowhere to be found. Come back so I can get you to Bayfield. At least call me, okay? No response. So uh, Mark takes a nap and he wakes up a little while later. Still no response from Dylan. Dylan is still not home. And this is when he starts to get really freaked out. Yeah. Um, so he texts him again um, at 2.33 p.m. Dylan, you need to call me. Where are you? So he gets into his car and he drives to Dylan's friend's house because, I mean, he assumed that's where he was. Um, the friend's name was Tristan. He lived about six miles away. Okay. Uh, Dylan is not there. Um, Tristan hadn't seen him at all, actually, that day. Dylan had not answered any of his text messages from that morning either. Um, and even though they already had plans made. Yeah. So Dylan did have another friend who lived nearby. He was about 20 miles away, but there was another friend. So Mark gets into his car and drives to that friend's house. Same exact situation. They had had plans that day. Dylan hadn't started, hadn't been responding, um, and he hadn't, he hadn't seen or heard from him all day. Oh, that's weird. Um, so Mark immediately drives to the police station. Um, and this is when he he and his wife had a ex-wife had a very strained relationship so this is when he finally texted her and said have you heard from dylan at all like do you know where he is yada 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 and she elaine says that this text was incredibly jarring to get when she is six hours away yeah um and had no like hadn't been hearing from it from the beginning like it, it the last time she heard from him was when he got off the plane so for all she knew you know, like, it, it was very scary. Everything was going well, yeah. Um, so regardless, she got Corey, the older brother. She put him in the car. They drove the six hours from Colorado Springs to Bayfield. Um, they get there the night of November 19th, and this is when the search begins. Okay. So um, the, the search. So the search lasted all night, November 19th, and all day on the 20th. Initially, police believed he'd run away. Okay, I, yeah. Um, they believed he didn't really want to be there. He wasn't, like, the biggest fan of his dad. Um, also, his backpack was gone, which Mark didn't initially notice um, when he when he came home. Like, he didn't realize that Dylan, Dylan had a black backpack with him. Um, that was gone, and his phone was gone. Um, family and friends really insisted that this was super out of character for him, though. Like, the... Running away was not what Dylan would have done. Yeah, it just um, never even had the idea. Right, like and if he was he, bored. It if he like... went missing, he was taken. Oh. Um. So police went through his text. Text. This is and this is why we have the cell phone records because they went through his cell phone records to see if there was anything suspicious. Um. This is when they figured out that his messages stopped at 9 30 p.m the night of november 18th they also realized that his phone was turned off the night of november 18th oh it was at nighttime Mm -hmm. um so dylan also didn't have gps set up um they did find texts from his friends the morning of the 19th sent to him that he presumably didn't receive um at about 6 30 a.m 
and they were asking if they were still meeting up to hang out, where he was, yada, yada, yada. And then there were also the texts from Mark. Um, and then once Elaine was notified, there was a, hundreds of missed calls from her, text messages from yeah. her worried mom sort of situation. Rightfully so. Even though they did have a runaway mindset, they did give the family polygraph tests. Um, and, you know, there's the... There's all the disclaimers about polygraphs, like, they you, they can't be used in a court of law, like, it's, you can rig a polygraph, you can manipulate it, it's unlikely that it'll happen, but it is possible, so just the general disclaimer, um, everyone passed, the only one who had issues with his polygraph was Mark. And Mark is a little suspicious right now. Mark's polygraph came back inconclusive. Um, Elaine and the rest of the family urged him to retake it, but he refused. Mark, that's just suspicious. So. Mark. More searching. So the the family bands together, or not the family, the community bands together to to try and find this child. Uh, Hundreds of volunteers come out to look for him. Um, Later that same month, November of 2012, there was a lake near where the house was um this lake was searched heavily for days because two cadaver dogs uh picked up a scent at the the dam of the lake um and this is when authorities really began to focus their attention on the lake uh they they didn't a lot of people still hoped that he could be found alive Mm -hmm. um but when cadaver dogs you know that's what they're trained to do is to find a body yeah um, they did react, but this is Colorado in the middle of the winter, so diving was really unsafe. So uh, divers could only go down for 20 to 30 minutes at a time, and each diver only got to go down once a day. Oh, do, how many divers do they have? Um, unclear. Okay. But the di- regardless, they were unsuccessful okay. in their search. They did not find anything in the lake. Um. So they, it, I think it's, um, so this is when like the, the mindset about this case really changed though. Cause at first they were like, oh, this kid just ran away. Yeah. Um, now he, something's fishy. He got fishy. on his backpack and he ran away and maybe an animal got him or like something like that. Um, because I mean, this is Colorado. Like, yeah. Animal attacks were and not. And it's kind of in the, like not in a big town. Right. It's in the middle of nowhere. So if he had like woken up that morning and put his backpack on and started the walk to Tristan's house and got hurt, like that was a possibility at first or he ran away. But when the cadaver dogs started to be brought in is when this mindset really changed from we're looking for a runaway child to we are looking for a body. Um, and... So, a few months of various searching, uh, other methods of looking for Dylan, some accusations started to come out. Uh, specifically, that Mark was not looking for his son. <gasps> Mark's already fishy, Mark. That's not a good title to have. <laughs> so, journalists asked Corey, um, the, the oldest son, why he thought Mark wasn't helping as much. Um, and he... Corey said, quote, I think he has a part in this. I'm not exactly sure to what extent, but if your son's really missing, most people would be doing anything that they could to bring him home, not avoid the situation. 
Yeah, you would retake the polygraph test. It is also important to note, though, Corey did have a very strained relationship with his father. He is the older son. Okay. But he witnessed a lot of the divorce. I do want to just give the disclaimer, like... That he could... There could be some bias in that statement. Exactly. But, um, this... This quote specifically, like, and about a bunch of what I'm about to tell you, came from a news article from the Durango Durango Herald. So from the area, journalists who did talk to the family directly, not like the Washington Post reporting on it after the fact. Yeah, this was the the quotes. In 2012. Like, this is, these were quotes from these people to these journalists. Yeah. Um. Which I also just thought was a cool article to find. Like, I found a small-time newspaper. I was so proud of myself. Okay, anyway. So, January of 2013. So, he... Dylan has been missing for... Since Thanksgiving. Two months. Yeah. Two months now. And there's a protest held in front of Mark's home. Oh, no. Um, Corey participated. (laughs) Um, There were signs reading various things, including... Why do you hide? Um, and no walk, all talk. And this is in reference to Mark saying how much he missed Dylan and how much he was doing to look for Dylan, but not actually doing anything to look for Dylan. I kind of don't trust Mark right now, but imagine, like, if Mark's not involved, seeing that protest in front of your house, that's devastating. And, like, people do respond to... Tr- and, like... It's like if if his way to to respond to like the trauma of it just kind of like shut him down. Yeah, like he really just doesn't know what to do, and he felt like going to the police was all he had. That's like mentally, that's crazy taxing to have a whole community, stand. including your other child. Yeah, protest in front of your house while you also have a missing child. Mark also, it, Mark was not home when this happened. Don't know where he was. Um he was a truck driver okay so he might have been off doing something but he for the because this house happened mid midway through the day he was probably at work when this happened um but if that helps your soul a little bit i just thought that's like that's crazy if like uh, mark's a little suspicious right now yeah so i definitely see where they're coming from and i definitely understand the protest and i, I oh, yeah, for i'm sure. i'm on Corey's side right now with mance is suspicious <laughs> but I would like I was trying to like oh my gosh if he's not the who done it yeah that's crazy to have a whole like to live in a small town and have the whole town protest in front of your house literally that's like a crazy I don't know um protesters also did not believe that he had told every uh the police everything he knew is another common belief amongst the protesters um there was, like I said, I got this article from the Durango Herald, and there were some quotes from the whole family. Um, they did co- get Mark for comment after the fact, after the protest. Um, Mark comment commented, because people were saying that he wasn't engaged in the hunt. He said that he does a lot on his own. Um, he talks to fellow truck drivers a lot about rumors about like missing children and stuff and then uh keeping missing flyers on their like rigs oh um and there's another woman her name is denise she is a very close friend of the family or was when they lived in the area uh she said that demonstrators were hoping that mark would come out of the house and join them and like participate uh mark was not home uh oh i understand like i see now that mark had been much less involved than the other family members 
Um, there was also a political bro blogger there. Her name is Kathy Berry. She participated because uh, she was deeply bothered about Dylan's disappearance. Um, I left it out, but she had been like a journalist responsible for another missing kid like in a different state and when she heard about dylan's disappearance she flew in to oh. try and help um but mark said he didn't really understand her motivations uh she sa he said that she has a tendency to argue with anyone who didn't agree with her on what happened to dylan um her being at a protest in front of mark's house also implied that she believed Mark was somewhat responsible. Okay. So, like, she was always saying that Mark might have done something right. and nobody could argue it. And right. Yeah. Um, and then to bring it back to Corey, Corey said it was really out of character for Mark to hide. Um, quote, if he thinks he's right, he'll do everything he can to be out in front. If he doesn't back down when he's in the right, he's laid low and hasn't really done a whole lot. And, like, yeah, like I said, Mark wasn't home at the time the protest happened, but... Corey is referencing, like, large-scale. Yeah, the, the months that it's yeah, been. Yeah, Mark had been weirdly quiet, and Corey was saying that that was out of character. Okay. Um, so Mark's response to the whole situation, that there was too much speculation, um, specifically online. Quote, there are too many people sitting at their computer trying to play Nancy Drew and Nancy Grace. It's not bringing us any closer to finding Dylan. Oh. Was his statement. So... Dylan's 14th birthday comes. It's February 6th of 2013. So three months after his disappearance, his family has a vigil for his birthday. Uh, more than 100 people showed up. Um, they told news stations that they were hopeful he was still alive, that they just wanted to celebrate his birthday with him when he was brought home. And they, his mom and his brother like even blew out candles on a birthday cake. That's sweet. Mark was not present at the vigil. Mark, you really are not setting up a great look for yourself. Now, now we are going to get into why I picked this case, okay? Because the family goes on Dr. Phil. Oh. And this episode is still available for public consumption. Um, you can still watch the whole thing. It's a two-parter. Like, it's a thing. Oh. Um, I watched the whole part one, and I could only find clips of part two because I couldn't pirate it. Um, oh. So, like I said, episode's still available for public consumption. Um, so, Dr. Phil comes on and essentially says, like, he's doing this so that he can find this boy. Like, he, he's, it's three months after his disappearance. He's, um, he wants this all over national television. He's putting Dylan's face everywhere. There's a phone number at the bottom of the screen the whole time for people to call. Um, they, they're showing the footage of Dylan in the airport so that people could see what he was wearing. Okay, so like um, really cracking down yeah. nationally. Um, so this is also the first time that Mark and Elaine had spoken to each other, not through text, in three years. Like they do not like each other. Okay. You're saying that, like, the event, when they drove in, that was, like, the first... No. No, like, Dr. Phil? Dr. Phil. I know, I said the same thing. Like, even in the three months that their child has been missing, they do not talk. They do not like each other. They are doing oh. their separate things. And it's... Yeah. Oh. 
So other things um, on camera that Mark says is that um, when he got home, the TV was playing Nickelodeon, which is why he assumed Dylan was fine. He also says that in addition to the backpack and the phone, Dylan's fishing pole was also missing. Um, he said that when he was at the marshal's office, he contacted Elaine and Elaine immediately accused him. Um, he also said that later he got a call from his attorney who'd been contacted by Elaine's divorce attorney. And he said that it was weird that the first person Elaine called was her divorce lawyer. That is interesting. Um, Elaine, meanwhile, said that her first reaction to being asked where Dylan was was that Mark had done something to him. Um, a mother's intuition is what she says. She said that she never spoke to a lawyer, like, at all, and that Mark oh. was lying about that. Um, she said, quote, Mark had done everything except look for Dylan. Um, quote, I have more concern for my lost dog than he has for his lost child. Um, she also said that Dylan was not a big fisher. Quote, he doesn't even know how to thread his own line. Oh. And she also said Dylan liked MTV, not Nick. And she said, quote, he doesn't even know, know his own kid well enough to make up a good lie. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That's some shade thrown right there. So there's a few other moments of note that I thought uh, we should bring up. So Dr. Phil asks Elaine if, he be if she believes that Mark did Dylan harm. And she says, I hope not, but yes, I do believe that's a possibility. Okay. Um, Elaine says that she tried to call Mark after she got the initial text. Uh, she said that Mark was evasive. Um, she, he did not accept the call. He uh, declined the call, so that she texted him back. Um, after texting him, Mark blocked her number. That's and a weird did all of Mark the communicating through Corey after that. Oh, yeah, is what, what she says happened. Huh. Um, also, uh, she straight up said that she offered to have mediated conversations with him for Dylan's sake. With their lawyers present, Mark refused. Um, even with Mark saying that... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, that was... Sorry. I definitely, like, read the wrong line. Um, oh. <laughs> Mark wouldn't work with her, though. That was the point. Um, she also brings up that even though, like, Mark said Dylan was there the next morning, um, and that he saw Dylan, Mark left at 7.30, and Dylan's friends were texting him at 6.30. So, like, he had plans to leave earlier. I, I guess, um, presumably. Like, there are text messages that were sent by his friends as early as 6.30 a.m., and yeah, Mark said that Dylan was sleeping, uh, but it was just weird that his phone had been completely turned off the night of the 18th um, if he had allegedly been there the next morning. Um, so Mark actually says that he was not the last person to see Dylan. Um, a mail carrier testifies to having seen, having seen Dylan. Her name is Angie. She says that about 1.30 in the afternoon, she saw two boys walking down a road and just assumed, hey, that's Mark's son, is what she says. Um, the next day, she talked to Mark, and that's when she found out that Dylan had been missing. So she says that she was the last person to see Dylan. Okay, so, and, like, she, she believes, like, that's... Yeah, she believes that that was Dylan. Yeah. But uh, no one except Mark believes her. Oh. Um, 
Mark actually claims to be suspicious of Elaine. And he says that months before Dylan's disappearance, he was uh, alienating. She was alienating Dylan from her father, from his father. Um, she also he also points out how suspicious it is that she assumed that he was the culprit immediately. Um, yeah, but like also, you were in charge. That. He was your responsibility at the time. Um, he says that Elaine did not call him after the texts. Elaine says uh, that Mark lies so much that he probably doesn't even know the truth. Uh, she says... Elaine Shade, I am so here for it. No, she rips him a new one. Quote, You know where he is, Mark. You were the last person to have any contact with him. It was on your watch. Where is the responsibility? When will you sit back and say, I lost Dylan? His response, I didn't lose Dylan. Her response, Then where is he? Oh, what a... Wow. I mean, like, and that's also, he did lose him. <laughs> Even if he didn't yeah. have anything to do with what happened to him, he did lose him. Um, so he, he responds back, that's the same question I have to ask. And she says, no, you don't have to ask that question. You had him. Where is he? You were the last person to see him, and now he's gone. And at this point, uh, Mark completely ignores Elaine and turns to Dr. Phil and says, Dr. Phil, for her to say that I was the last one to see him isn't accurate. And he's talking about the mail carrier. And Elaine says it's never been confirmed. Um, she says, that's never been confirmed. And Mark's, Mark's response is, oh, by you? As if that is a, as if, as if it had been confirmed by anyone else. Yeah. Like, it, it's just not an accurate piece of evidence. Um, but he's, this whole thing is like literally Mark is just gaslighting her like the whole time, and it's it's super fucked up to watch. Um, Mark is not a good person. Also, just to clarify, like he is definitely like has some narcissistic tendencies, and it's very evident in the way he talks to Elaine and later Corey when Corey is brought on. Um, Doctor Phil then takes the time to explain that he has been trained as a forensic, forensic psychologist, a.k.a. psychology-in-law. Um, he, he takes a moment to explain that he is who they call for, like, criminal psychology, um, to, like, to testify in court and, like, explain things. Like, that's what he would be doing if he wasn't a famous TV show host. Yeah. Um, but that's what he's been trained in. And he says that his job as a forensic psychologist, is to make informed decisions based on what he observes um, and, like, that he knows what is typical conduct and what is atypical conduct. And he says um, that having worked as an officer in the court, he is interested in whether Mark wants to fight with his ex-wife or find his son. <laughs> he also points out that since Mark had been on stage, he had not said a single thing about Dylan. It's a fair point. Uh, so Phil asks Mark, how do you feel about Dylan being missing? And it definitely sounds like he's saying what he thinks he should say. Uh, the quote is, Dylan is everything to me. My whole world revolves around Dylan. I'm lost in this world. Which, yeah. But also if... if to Dylan, not have been saying that the whole time and that, then to say something so dramatic. After you're being prompted. 
Yeah, only after it's being called into question. If he was your old world, that's all you would be thinking about. Like Elaine, every other word out of her mouth is "Where is he?" Yeah, like where's Dylan? So um, when asked what he thinks happened to his son, uh, he says that there aren't a lot of possibilities. He thinks that Dylan was either abducted on the way to Tristan's house or that he was, like, approached by someone he knew. Um, he also says that he is very suspicious of Elaine. Um, he, he goes, like, Dr. Phil, like, actually, like, proposes a scenario to him. And he's like, oh, so you think that uh, Dylan got on a plane and that Elaine followed him all the way to your house so that she could abduct him and make it look like you were responsible? And Mark goes, well, no, I, I don't think she did it alone. And Dr. Phil's like, oh, so you think a team of people followed your son six hours away so that it could make it look like you were responsible for him. That's just like, yeah. It's just absurd. Um, so when Dr. Phil points that out, he says, well, I don't think, I, I don't think she did it alone. I believe that she had help. Um, and there's this b- ridiculous back and forth where dr phil keeps asking him questions and he keeps like backtracking or say he doesn't know enough or one minute he has all the answers and the next minute he doesn't know anything like it's super messed up dr phil also brings up previous custody violations with mark's ex-wife um there was also a physical history of physical abuse with mark's ex-wife and there were custody violations with dylan and corey um Elaine brings up a story about when she moved in 2007, Mark put a dead rat in her car. And... Oh, so, like, Mark's crazy. And she says, when you're mad at someone, your main focus is to get even or get back at them and hurt them. That's how your mind works. He says, really? She says, really? And he says, so because you said it, that makes it true? She's like... Gaslighting. That is gaslighting. Um, and he says, she says, no, that's how you feel. Because you say things, you expect people to believe you. I know you. I was married to you for a long time. And he says, so who are you trying to convince here? You or me? That, that's just, it's not even. Now he's just trying to turn the conversation. Like, he's calling her. It's not even like a valid statement at that point, though. Like, it doesn't make sense. And he, she says, this behemoth of a quote. Quote, no, I'm not trying to convince me. Because I know. I know the truth. I don't have to hide anything. That's why you won't speak with me. That's why you can't look me in the eye. Because you have difficulties answering tough questions. I know you know where Dylan is. You need to bring him home. And please, I hope you didn't hurt him. Because I really don't trust you. And I really have a concern that you hurt him and that his bones are just out there laying and you don't even care. That is a quote. Mm Mm-hmm also important to note that at this point Corey straight up said that he believed that mark had abducted dylan and like put him somewhere that dylan wasn't hurt um that oh. he was just taken because of this custody issue and dylan is also the younger brother um so like Corey had a choice about whether or not he wanted to go and didn't but dylan was you know there's an age yeah where you have a yeah. choice um so other interactions um when asked why Mark didn't call Elaine when he went missing, when Dylan went missing, uh, Mark said it's because he knew her reaction wouldn't be favorable um, and it was easier to just text her. So he goes on to say that Elaine never once called and her response, uh, why didn't you call me? Why do I have to call you when you lose our son? 
That's a good point. Um, Mark then turns this into her inability to have a civil conversation. Uh, sir, she's laying down some great quotes and you have gotten nothing. She's the only one conversating here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Mark talks about where Dylan's friend lives, he says that it's not that far away from his house. Uh, Elaine corrects him and says, six miles. And he's like, no, it's not six miles. And they start arguing about the distance because, you know, six miles is a lot for a 13-year-old boy to walk. Um, and Dr. Phil actually corrects him and says, it's not six miles, it's 5.9. <laughs> like, straight up. The shade like, in that. Like, pulls out a map. He's like, no, it's 5.9 miles. Um, oh, that's good. It would have taken a couple hours for Dylan to make that walk by himself. Um, and Mark says that, according to Mark, Dylan was still asleep when he left at 7.30 and was gone by 11. So, in theory, Mark would have seen him had he been walking that route on his drive home. Oh. They mapped it out. They mapped out the route Mark took home and, like, timing. Um, And his other friend lived 20 miles away, which is about an eight-hour walk. Dylan did not walk. Um, Mark says, it's a long walk, but it's not an impossibility. (laughs) Elaine says, but he didn't go to Tristan's. He wasn't at Tristan's. Mark says, how do you know that? Mark, you... I don't... And then Dr. Phil brings up the big question about why he even left the next day in the first place. This was his first time seeing his son in months. And he left to run errands? Anyway, um, so he once again says that it wasn't odd for Dylan to be gone by the time he got home. There was a number of possible activities. He goes on to list, like he could have gone fishing. There's this, uh, there's this area that he could have gone to near my house. There, there's this, he could have went here, he could have went here. And she says, in November, in mid-November? And he says, and you sent him without a coat. And you lost a whole child. Gaslighting. Um, According to authorities at this point, neither parent was a suspect. Um, Mark says we're all suspects regardless of what law enforcement says or not. Mark, you're the only one. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's important to note the difference here. He's not a suspect by the police, but the community at large and most journalists think he did something. Yeah. So he's not making a good name for himself, regardless of what the police are right. saying. To me, this looks like um, because he's a suspect in the public eye, he wanted to lump Elaine in with him. He wanted it to be like, well, if I'm a suspect, she's a suspect, even though neither of them were suspects by the police. Yeah. He just didn't want to be the only one getting shade in the, the public. And then Dr. Phil talks to him about the polygraph. Uh, Mark says that at first he was told he failed the polygraph and then that it was inconclusive, but that he failed first. Um, he also Wait, says Mark was told that or mm-hmm. okay. Mark also says that his polygraph was a sore spot with him. Um, his test came back inconclusive and he'd rather just leave it at that. And Dr. Phil uh, offers his own polygraphers to test Mark. Um, He says, no cameras involved, no nothing. Like, you will go in. Like, I have some of the top polygraph experts in the world working for me. Um, We can go in and, quote, clear your name if that's what you want. Um, 
Yeah, that like if. Yeah, Mark. That's so suspicious. All he wants to do is clear his name, or at least lump Elaine in as a suspect, but won't even go redo it. That's I something fishy there. And Mark initially agrees to take the test on the Doctor Phil show, and then uh, changes his mind. Oh, he thinks he can trick it, and then. Um, this is also the the last quote that I thought was of note was Elaine said, you're the last person to see him. And he said, I don't believe that. And she said, it doesn't matter what you believe. Because he was the last person to see him. Um, this is also the end of part one. In part two, Corey does come on and uh, essentially says that he's never seen Mark as a father, that like Mark was a narcissist. Um, they get into more heated arguments. And then this is when like a lot of the polygraph drama comes when... Uh, Mark declines. Other things that are of note. Um, everyone in the show, Dr. Phil, Elaine, Corey, everyone except Dylan, or except uh, Mark, refers to Dylan in the present tense. Mark only refers to him in the past tense. Oh, I hate that. Um, he also uses it's distancing language. He doesn't call Dylan by his name. He calls him that boy. That's just a, like a weird way to refer to your son. Yeah, that's just weird. But it's like a, a thing in you're you're trying to distance yourself. You want your mind away from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so in June of 2013. So four months after the Dr. Phil show, Dylan's partial remains are found about 10 miles from Mark's home. On April 5th, 2014, authorities bring cadaver dogs into Mark's home. They picked up a scent from two different areas, uh, the living room, the washing machine, specifically the clothes that uh, Mark had been wearing when he picked Dylan up from the airport. Oh. February 13th of 2014, uh, dogs uh, also picked up a smell in Mark's pickup truck, as well as the bed of his pickup truck. Along with the dogs finding smells, there was also blood found in his, in his home, on his coffee table, carpet, sofa, love seat, all in the living room, uh, and blood tests did match it to Dylan. So Mark, Mark done it. November 1st of 2015, about a mile and a half from where the partial remains are discovered, a group of hikers find a human skull. Um, the police are called. The skull is taken away for testing. They are able to confirm that it's Dylan's. It was determined uh, that his skulls had injuries consistent with blunt force trauma at two locations and two small markings consistent with mark marks from a knife. So like, he was beaten and stabbed. Where where was the the remains? Just like in the woods or? Yeah, essentially. Just kind of dumped. Yeah, just dumped. Um, it's off of a main road, like off of like a a highway sort of situation. In 2015, authorities officially named Mark a person of interest. And it's there's a quote. There's an interview where he says he didn't even know what that meant. Like, Mark says he didn't know what a person of interest was, so he didn't really react to it. Um, oh, this is gross. Okay, so let's talk about potential motive, right? 
let's say it was Mark, right? Why did he kill his son? In this hypothetical situation, why did he kill him um, and dump the body, dump the head separately from the body and go through this for years of arguing his innocence? Um, so there were these photos that Dylan had of Mark. Um, presumably, they were, the Dylan and Corey found them. And Corey, or at least Corey was aware of them, but it, it's implied that they found them together. Okay. And uh, that Dylan had planned on bringing them up to Mark. Um, they were deeply disturbing. They were consisted of Mark uh, wearing women's clothes and makeup as well as a diaper. And there were other photos of him eating his own feces out of the contaminated diaper. Oh. We're They're available for public consumption on the internet. Really? Yeah. You can just find them. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, though, because they are fucking disgusting. No, yeah, I'm not planning on looking at them, but, like, where'd they find these photos? Online or... Unclear. Um, the pictures, like, if... We can, we can look it up after. But if you look up the pictures, it is a picture of a screen. So, presumably, the boys found... Uh, the pictures somewhere and then took pictures of them like with their phones so they found it online and uh, then like on took a s- something yeah like saved onto the computer maybe that um, okay but presumably uh, Dylan was planning to confront Mark about it or at least let Mark know that he knew and this is what caused the temperature the temper spike um, so in July of 2017 Mark was arrested for second degree murder as well as child abuse resulting in death originally uh, he was arrested in Washington and it was originally held on a one million dollar cash only bond Um, he was then transferred back to Durango Colorado though and is held in a county jail Uh, Mark from day one pled his er, claimed innocence and he pled not guilty to everything The trial is when things get a little bit tricky. Uh, It was originally supposed to start September 17th, 2019. um, But uh, one of his defense attorneys was arrested for assault and domestic violence. Oh. And because of this, his defense attorney failed to show up to two different court hearings. Um, So the judge appointed a new public defender. Um, The trial was postponed multiple times. It was actually supposed to start in April, April of 2020, but was pushed back due to the virus. Um, the trial actually happened about a month ago. Wow. And the judge did not allow media in the courtroom. So because journalists weren't allowed, um, checks and balances, it was, the whole thing was filmed. Oh. It was all available on YouTube. Really? Every single day. Um, Law and Crime Network said the judge did allow access to the footage. Um, so opening like clips and stuff is all available um on youtube and uh everything is it's labeled by day like opening and closing statements uh witness testimonies it's all labeled um mark redwine's defense team argued that dylan had wandered off and succumbed to the elements um the prosecution argued that the boy was killed by his father in a fit of rage after he was confronted about compromising pictures uh, Patrick Bayer was brought on as an expert witness. 
um, about electronic devices in the situation. He analyzed uh, previous conversations between uh, Dylan and Mark, and he pointed out that multiple text messages sent to Dylan by his father went unanswered. Their relationship was incredibly strained, uh, as it is. Um, and he also testified that Dylan told his brother that he intended to show Mark the compromising photos. And because he is an electronic witness, it's presumed that these were over texts yeah. or something. Um, lastly, he corroborated about what Elaine said about the last text he received. Um, he, textif- he testified that when his mom, at- when Dylan's mom asked if he'd arrived, Dylan Redwine replied, yes, with a frowny face emoji that he arrived um, on the plane. He testified that Dylan logged into Facebook multiple times per day that night and texted his friends um, from both his phone and iPod. There was no activity after 10 p.m. on November 18th, and the boy's phone was never found. Um, Corey actually did take the stand two days in a row, um, talked about his searches for Dylan and also the compromising pictures. Friday, July 16th of 2021, Mark Redwine was convicted of guilty on all accounts. So Mark Redwine just did kill his son. Wow. Um, in a fit of rage, whether it was about the pictures or not, Dylan did sleep in the living room, and Mark definitely attacked him the night of November 18th and um, injured his son, presumably fatally, um, and then put him into the bed of his truck. And dumped the body. Drove him into the middle of nowhere and dumped the body. Um, whether the head was sever- severed later and then dumped separate later or whether it was done all at once. It could have been like an, it, like animals messing with the, the corpse too. Right, something. But um, the reason I picked this case was because if you go on and watch that Dr. Phil episode after. It's just even worse. This is three months after he murdered his child and he's looking at the cameras without a sense of... He's just saying, no, I loved my son. Because he's a narcissist. And it's so painful to watch, like, Dylan's mom... Yeah. Like, insisting, no, he did something. And, like... And Dr. Phil isn't all, like, red wine and roses. Like, he he definitely, like, made it very clear that he didn't believe either of the parents. Mm-hmm. Um which meant that like there was a lot of like some of it was discrediting Elaine and it's like really hard to watch after like now knowing that that Mark did, did it did it um but yeah he was convicted literally 3 weeks ago that's crazy yeah it is dude it's fucking insane it's crazy that it took so long literally almost 10 years that's crazy but i mean he was he's a narcissist like he just didn't look for him. And then he just did go on national TV and say, I love my son. Like, And just try to gaslight. That's all, like, that's crazy. So, and yeah. He was just, yeah, there were so many questions about everything he did. They, like, didn't even try to cover it up well. And that's uh, the disappearance and inevitable murder of Dylan Redwine. That's crazy. Isn't it? I found that case from TikTok. Wow. The first the first bit of information I found out about this was like months ago when at that point Mark was just a suspect in the case. Yeah, now. And now he's convicted. But like months ago when I found this, he it was just like 
the potential child murderer appeared on Dr. Phil. It's like, no, no, no. The child murderer. The child murderer appeared on Dr. Phil. And that episode is still available. Um, I could not find part two for some unknown reason. But there are still clips of it. And I, it's a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't it? That's insane. Isn't it? It's weird to, to, to know that you can watch the Dr. Phil and the court trial. Yeah. Like it, it's In the same breath. Yeah. I did. I watched them in one sitting. Ugh. It's not fun. And it's like the the entire trial. Like it's not just clips, it's not just anything. It's like there's All not of it. It, it's every single last bit. Like the first video is literally the judge explaining to the jury the process of what's going to happen with opening statements and all that stuff and how it's going to work. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Whoa. And, like, and it's weird to hear about a case that something that happened in 2012, the trial being pushed back because of the virus. Yeah. You said that and it was like, oh, my gosh. Isn't it? It was supposed to happen in uh, April or May of 2020. And then, and then... And then the virus, and they had to push it back. It's weird how that even ties in. Crazy. And he was on Dr. Phil. Dude was just After on he Dr. murdered Phil. his kid. It's crazy. It's fucking insane. Truly. And it's like... And that, like... Props to the cadaver dogs. I fucking... What'd they find at the lake? No idea. No idea. Just something else? No clue. And I mean, it was Dylan's partial remains... And it's unclear about what partial even means. And it was also years later. So, like, I mean, they found a, a straight-up skull. But, like, they might have found... It might have been pieces of Dylan. That's what I, I think, like, with the, the skull being removed, there's a good chance, especially because it was years later, that animals carried parts of it away. Mm-hmm. Um, they, a lot like raccoons have scavenged. They just get what they can take and carry that off. It's like, yeah, if it was just dumped on the side yeah. of the road... I don't doubt for a second that it's probably partial scattered remains. It was, it's funny you mentioned that actually, because in, I didn't write it down. I probably should have. There were in the court, um, the defense attorneys tried to argue that that's why the skull and the partial remains were so far away from each other. And they had to bring in expert like wildlife witnesses to say like, no one is going to carry a human skull, like no predator in that area is going to kill a boy and then eat him and then take a piece of him away 10 miles away to eat the other piece and that would also didn't um it also didn't line up with the skull damage like the yeah damage on his skull like it was a lot that was another question i had like what what was did they ever find like the weapon mm-hmm. used wow but but since they're like it had definitely happened in the living room on the night of the 18th um because that's like when the phone was off also i i I put it too early in my notes and skipped over it, but there was somebody um, who, Mark's neighbor, was brought in to testify that um, the light, Mark's porch light was on at a weird time on the 18th, Hmm. and then off later that night, but, like, still weirdly early. Like, it was just, Mark definitely just did murder his son. Yeah. What about the, the, was the male lady... She just mistook another kid for him, probably, probably, or like maybe even paid. That's insane, isn't it? Isn't all of it weird? And it's 
it's only been three weeks. So, like, if Mark is ever going to confess to what happened, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, if he ever tries to appeal for it. Oh, that'll be a funny day. <laughs> yeah, you killed your son. No, you killed your kid. You cannot appeal. You murdered him. Your son. He is dead because you murdered him. But Over yeah. pictures. Oh, look up the pictures. <sighs> I don't want this on my search history. They're fucking gross. Just look up Mark Redwine pictures, Reddit, or something. Because I think I found them on Reddit. Actually, I think I found them on Google Images. Like, they're straight up too publicly assess- accessible. Uh, um, here's another one. Ugh. And then, here's the last one. Isn't that gross? And it's weird to see, like, Mark. I didn't have a picture for him. Oh, yeah. He looks like a normal dude. Yeah. But but he's not. We don't have context of what those... <laughs> it's worse because there's no context. Like, is it a kink? What are you doing, dude? Is he crazy? He are put you... a dead rat in someone's car. I mean, he did put a dead rat in someone's car. And he is also just a narcissist. It just, crazy. It's just not a... Nothing about this is pleasant. No. It's one of those things, like... Missing kid stories are always, like, the, the weirdest. Mm-hmm. To, to, like... One of, like, reading about true crime. Like, we said it with the, the... My last true crime. That, like, when it involves kids, it just hits other notes. And also, like... The thing with this one that gets me is... Imagine being one of the people who, like, helped look for Dylan ten years ago. To find out three weeks ago. That, like, to get the closure of it. Right, but also, like, there was never a a chance you were going to find him. Yeah. Like, that sort of certainty. And, like, knowing that, like, I don't know. All of the, all of the the searching was futile. Yeah. Because this man was just crazy. And the whole time mark knew what happened yeah had been living with that silence for almost 10 years crazy people is it intermission time yeah we do need an intermission after that one we do and intermission Here comes the boy! <laughs> no. Hello, boy! Welcome! Here he comes, there he is! Welcome! We're back. And we're back. Welcome back from the intermission. How was it for you? It was good. We just stood up and stretched again. Yeah, we, we're going to start doing yoga in here in between stories. Yeah. Fucking bet. I need yoga. I need <laughs> yoga. A little while ago, I was going to suggest maybe we should just do all three episodes today. No. 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 Mm-mm. Doing two episodes in one sitting was a lot. If we come, if we want to come back later tonight and do the third episode, I could be persuaded. But doing two episodes in one sitting was yeah, just kind of a lot for me. Beelining through it. Yeah. Speed run podcast. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. If you don't know that reference, 
What? It's dream speed running music. <laughs> do 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 do. I love dream. I <laughs> love dream. My goal is to get famous so that dream can notice me. Once. Just say hi. Once. One time. Once. I like my tweet. Once. I don't even have Twitter. Dude, dream is so fucking smart. It's painful. Like, my thing, I hate it so much on Twitter when, because, you know, he does, like, reviews of his speed runs and he, like, explains yeah. why he thought to do what he did. And people on Twitter will be like, that's so fake. Like, there's no way he thought that. It's like, dude, do you not understand this man has ADHD? Like, do you not understand that, like, no, his brain probably does just go that fast when it comes to Minecraft. But if you asked him what 2 plus 5 is, he would have to think about it. Yeah. Like, that's just how brains work, bro. It's cool. He's a fucking smart man. Minecraft How are you? Smart. How are you feeling after the intermission? I am still kind of in shock about the last thing that <laughs> happened. About the last thing that happened. Do you feel betrayed with the way I presented the story? Because I wanted to make Mark seem as unassuming as possible in the beginning. Yeah, but he was still suspicious from the get-go. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make the murderer not suspicious. Yeah. I mean, he was just a murderer. I mean... Even by some, like, crazy thing that he isn't, but he is. Like, we, the cadaver. Oh, no, no, no. They found yeah. the sin in the house. They found the blood in the house. They, like, know what happened. They have motive. He did it. But, like, even the fact that he was arguing that he didn't lose the child still, like, you did. It was your responsibility. You just lost You're him. a narcissist, and you can't admit that you messed up. But that's also because you murdered him. But it's just, like, one of those, like... It was just aggravating from the get-go. Yeah. It was aggravating to watch. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Especially knowing the outcome and watching all of that. Yeah. Uh, what have you got for this episode? I have a conspiracy. Th- it's kind of like another an conspiracy. Other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what it is. Oh, no. So this is going to be fun. Because uh, I kind of just wanted to talk about it on here and bring up some of the weird stuff. Okay. I don't know how to like say without giving it away, but I bet you have guesses. Telemarketer just called me. A telemarketer. Just <laughs> it just said you? telemarketer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you freaked me out for a second there. I was like, oh no, it's like it's like when Corey started getting those unknown number calls and he answered it and it was just Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good video. It's such a good video. So what? Wait, what are you talking about? We've talked about it before. Oh great. Um, we talked about a lot of things. That, I know that's not a good hint because we've talked about a lot of things. <laughs> but, like, this one specifically, I know you know what it is. And you're going to know pretty much everything about it. Uh, so, this, like, it's not going to be boring for you because it's always interesting to talk about. Right. And some of the details at the end we missed before. Oh, no. So, some of it's newer stuff that, like, got pieced together. But I am talking about... Is it Eliza Lamb? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just got a voicemail from Telemarketer. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So. Um, is that my third guess correctly? Uh, or is it my only my second? I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of course we're talking about Eliza Lamb. So. Okay. You know why we're here. We know, I know why we're here now. But we're not going <laughs> to give it away to the I, I understand. So, I, I know, know you know what happens. Me. Now I get it all. Yes. Okay. So, but I am, you're going to have to sit through me going over it. No, you're perfectly fine. Explain it for the people. The people that are here I mean, that don't. Ride. I also, is it 
it's I don't know if it is Eliza or Alyssa. It's I, I it's E L I S A, and I always thought there was just another spelling for Eliza, but I heard people say it uh, like Alyssa. I've always heard Eliza. I that's what I've heard, and that's what my teacher, my forensics teacher, yeah, called her. So that's what I've always referred to her as. So, but that's what I'm gonna keep referring to her as. But just disclaimer: we might be saying her name wrong. Right. I do not know. Um, but. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, so many people have heard of I'm this I'm kind case. of excited. Netflix also did a documentary, I think came out in February of this year. Uh, like a, a short couple episodes, kind of mm-hmm. like a... Kind of what they did with Richard Ramirez. It's, it's about the hotel, isn't it? No. It's a, oh. it's called The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel. I do go into some of what happens okay. at Cecil, too. Um, and... Uh, but it is... That, that show is all about Eliza. Oh, okay. Um, and I think it's on my watch list because it's you know, the Cecil. Yeah, so we are talking about Eliza Lamb. Uh, it was a matter of time. Yeah, I had to. Also, just disclaimer, it probably rings a lot of bells because it's inspired countless TV show episodes mm-hmm. and movies and stuff like that. This case has kind of, like, been all over. Yeah. A lot of people it's talk very ab- mainstream, but not many people know like the source material. Yeah, you've you've definitely seen the case if you watch true crime shows, mm-hmm. but it's just a case based on this case. Yeah. So like that's why it's ringing bells. If you're probably I don't know maybe you <laughs> did it and that's why it is. Uh, but Eliza Lam was a 21 year old woman, and her parents were immigrants from Hong Kong. They lived in. She was born in Canada. They lived in Canada, and she attended the University of British Columbia. Pop off in British Canada. Columbia. In 2013, she went on a trip to California. Yo, this is happening at the same time yours was. Whoa. Because it's at the very beginning of 2013. Yeah. He went missing in November of 2012. And the, the searching was happening in, in early it, 2013. Yep. That's creepy. And this is happening at the same time. This is the second time we've done that. We're too good at this. We're too good at this. We're, We're pro- on the same wavelength. And that's why I'm so deeply <laughs> afraid that we are going to do the same thing because our brains are the same. On the same episode, the too, same. somehow. Uh, We're going we're gonna to fuck it up, dude. Our <laughs> brains are miraculous things. We haven't done it yet, so maybe we should just keep chancing it. So when it finally happens, we can, like, have a whole episode and around it. And cancel the episode. Yeah, just skip the number. <laughs> Post on Instagram, like, sorry. It'll be a special. <laughs> <laughs> Only okay. one of us talks. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in in uh, early 2013, oh, my God. In early 2013. You got it. We've been talking for too long today. <laughs> uh, she went on a trip to California. She checked into the Cecil Hotel, which is in Los Angeles, on Not January 28th, 2013. So, we've said it a couple times and made strange remarks about the Cecil Hotel on its own. So, just going to go into some of it for those... Uh, we could do a whole episode. I was going to say, even if you touch, like, two bullet points from this episode, that'd still leave a thousand. We could do five episodes on the Cecil and only be halfway through the material. Yeah. There is so much that goes on at this hotel. It's so fucked. But <laughs> I felt like... Is it still open? Yeah, it's under a different, different name. name, right? Yeah, but parts of it and parts of it are like apartments, not hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. But the top floors are still hotel rooms. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say they definitely tried to go through a rebranding. I they were like, too many people died here. Like, yeah, <laughs> they tried to get away from the history. So it, it, I think it, it's currently closed for remodeling, mm-hmm. but it is still like in operation. It's kind of funny how like 
some places will be like, ah, yes, we're haunted, so I'm gonna turn this into an attraction. And this one's not Cecil, haunted, though. This one's just sad. Like, Cecil's <laughs> like, I'm gonna change my name, I'm gonna close down, I'm gonna sell half of it to an <laughs> I'm apartment I'm gonna remodel company. every room because it's all tainted. It's literally all bad. So, it's pretty infamous for uh, uh, quite a few things. <laughs> the hotel itself opened in 1924 and was subsequently hit pretty hard during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So that kind of just sets it off on the wrong foot. And so it and the surrounding area become run down and like still really hasn't recovered. It's not the best area. Yeah. Um, it's also located in what's known as Skid Row, okay. which is home to, or not home to, but it's where thousands of homeless people kind of reside on right. the, the streets of Skid Row, which is an area of Los Angeles, and C the Cecil is, like, right in the middle of all that. That's fucked. Um, so because of its rundown atmosphere and location, many bad things and just a lot bad is connected to this hotel all because of its location and, like, ease Makes of access. Sense. It's cheap. It's a budget hotel. It's just... It was just wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Um... Uh, there are said to be 16 sudden and unexplainable deaths in this hotel, deaths that nobody no, has an answer for. And then in, in between 2007 and 2017 alone, so these are recent years, there has been 80 deaths in just those 10 years. Huh. What the fuck? And this hotel was opened in 1927. That's eight deaths a year. That's about... And that's recent. Once, that's like once a month. Yeah, no, they, they, um... If your hotel is having people die once a month, the problem is not them. They still, on average, get three 911 calls a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> they need to close. <laughs> Where are they? Like, what, what... It's just in not a great What ley line are they on? Like, so, yeah, what happened to this hotel? Why, it's just a flagship for, like, every bad thing. No, literally. Like, the energy there, they gotta, it's, like, possessed or something. There's gotta be some sort of portal yeah. or bad energy. <laughs> the demons enter our universe through the Cecil. No, literally. So, just some, some, we'll throw some fun facts. Definitely not all of them. I'm sure we'll hit the Cecil itself at some point. But oh, sure. just some, like, major points. Jack uh, Unterweger, I think is how you say his last name. He's an Austrian national serial killer. Uh, killed people all over the world. Stayed and operated in the Cecil. Richard Ramirez also yeah. stayed at the Cecil while an active serial killer. Uh, many of the deaths were suicides, one of which killed a pedestrian. They jumped out the window and landed on somebody else. Both people died. Another death that was a, a possible suicide was a woman who landed in and got tangled up in the telephone wires above <gasps> the street. That has been copied in many, like, shows and yeah. movies, um, and it comes from the Cecil. Uh, one woman threw her... She... Uh, there was an incident, and... She was uh, a young pregnant lady. Oh, no. And she didn't want to wake her husband, but then her water broke, and she gave birth to the baby in the bathroom. But <gasps> she believed it was a stillborn, and she threw the baby out the window. Oh and uh, the baby was not a stillborn. Oh, my God. Um, Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black, Black Dahlia, yeah. <laughs> was seen in the Cecil bar just days before her gruesome murder, which I'm sure we will cover at some oh, point. Oh, we're going to cover that case. Um, oh, we're going to cover that case. Um, the, the, a lady known as the Pigeon Lady was murdered here. Uh, she fed pigeons in a nearby park. Uh, 
other so many deaths so many suicides just there was like a quote saying anything above the ninth floor you're probably like there's a great chance you're going to get murdered people like unnamed serial killers people just killing for like i don't know aggravated killings people going crazy losing their mind in the cecil there's like a portal or something like they it's like a it's like you know how bob mackey's is like the portal to hell Mm -hmm. no 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 the cecil it's the cecil hotel that rhymed (laughs) (gasps) trademark so yeah uh yeah so like i said one of the the owners reported that on average they have one to three 911 calls a day uh the hotel is now called stay on main to try and distance itself from the cecil's reputation um that's just the tip of the iceberg like we said we'd like it would take forever to sit here and tell you everything about the cecil and talk about what happens to eliza lamb yeah yeah. Uh, it's just like what happened here just so happened to be at the cecil yeah i I, you couldn't just like the black dahlia and richard ramirez and like all this other shit i didn't want to say it happened at the cecil and we know that the cecil is a bad place just give some context of really where this girl accidentally checked into and kind of the unfortunate circumstances that unfold because of it an American Horror Story, Murder House, like somehow everyone dies. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Uh, that my next line is that the American Horror Story Hotel was actually based on this hotel. Yep. I figured you knew that, but I thought it was a fun thing to share with those who was, didn't. I think it's a fun thing that that was the... Our brains are in sync, bro. Yeah, no, you, literally my next words out of my mouth were American Horror Story, and you said, oh, but on American Horror Story. <laughs> like, I can't stand us. Like, so... Uh, but we're going to jump back into specifically what happens to Eliza here. Yes, please. She uh, was initially put into a shared room on the fifth floor, but after complaints of odd behavior, she was moved to a, a single room. Mm-hmm. Um, the odd behavior, could uh, she did suffer from bipolar disorder and depression. She was on four different medications for these. Uh, so these behaviors could have been like something with the medicine or something from the disorders themselves. It's unclear what the behaviors were, but it just said odd behaviors. Right. Um, so she gets moved to a room by herself. Um, she was really close to her parents and contacted them every day. But on February 1st, 2013, they were unable to contact her. Uh, and this was the day she was supposed to be like checking out of the Cecil and going to Santa Cruz. Okay. So she was going to the next stop on her trip. Her parents just wanted to make sure she got there on time and couldn't get anything. And they're obviously worried. And they contact LAPD that day and arrange to get, they fly down uh, instantly because they know something's wrong. Right. The, their daughter just never left them like without letting them know what's going on. Uh, and so they knew something up something was up instantly uh hotel staff that had seen her that day said she was alone seemed happy and sweet checked like went in and out went to local stores on the 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 street uh, a bookstore clerk one of the stores she had gone to that day uh was just a bookstore at, i don't think it's right next to the hotel but it's on the same street uh the clerk said the same thing. She was happy as can be. She was buying gifts for her parents. She was Aww. super excited about it, talking about why she got the book she did, and just kind of like a super sweet girl. 
Um, Not the gifts for her parents. Police searched her room and other common areas, including the roof, but found nothing substantial. So they even had dogs come and sniff these area, but couldn't find anything. So they began putting up missing person photos in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a week after she initially gone. She went missing on the first. This is already a week past that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to say the drug dogs were brought on the roof. They must have been slacking that day. Uh, we'll get to why later. These flyers we were... We'll get to why later. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Uh, the flyers, were, like I said, were put out a week. And then another week after that, on February 15th, the, the famous elevator surveillance footage was released. Yeah. So if you have somehow survived on the internet not seeing this footage... I don't know how you did it because it was everywhere during the time and it is still always everywhere. It is a very creepy weird. It just it's it's a camera from in a hotel elevator, but it's just a it's it's the time is blocked out. So we don't know what time this is, but we do have a date, I believe, uh from the day she went missing. Yes, the February 1st. Um and it shows Lamb standing in the elevator alone, making strange gestures and point, like pointing at stuff. Uh, she's like, at one point, it seems like she's jumping in and out of the elevator, playing games with someone. Points, it looks like she's talking to someone. Uh, she pushes all the button and gets frustrated, like that it, the elevator won't work. Um, she at one point, like she's like standing outside of it, making these weird gestures and looking like she's talking to someone and all of a sudden rushes back in and looks like she's hiding. And then all of a sudden snaps out of it and like is calm, like isn't hiding anymore and just kind of walks out. It's, it's extremely unsettling to watch. It has been analyzed by so many like people who study like behavior. Yeah. Like body language and stuff. And uh, like so many it's just unsettling to watch and you you don't really know what's going on it, she's like a lot of people believe she was having a psychotic break at this moment it's just like i'm sure the, I, mean, the, you, I mean it makes sense like yeah given the way she looks in the video yeah no she like i don't do it justice explaining it here it is a creepy video to watch and when this when this footage was released released by the police to kind of like further it like give it to media to help it, it blew up. Yeah. Everybody was like, this is unsettling. Something's wrong. Something's going on here. Um, but yeah, it, the footage will be on our, our Google Drive. Google Drive. I keep putting it Available through our Instagram and Discord. So uh, it will be there. It's worth a watch. Uh, but it is unsettling, be warned. Uh, and that is the last time they can prove she was alive. There's no other footage from in the hotel that they have of her. This is the last thing. Uh, like I said, the video got loads of attention from all over the world, and uh, everyone agrees it's unsettling to watch. People were analyzing it. P- other police stations were analyzing it, trying to, like, figure out what's going on, right. if she's talking to anyone or if she's delusional, like, who she could be talking to based on, like, hotel staff, like, where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just really blows up the case. So during the search, uh, people in the hotel started complaining about the water. It had, like, off-color to it. It had a strange smell. One report even said it tasted funny. So, on February 19th, a hotel maintenance worker named Santiago Lopez went to investigate the huge... uh, I cannot speak. 
We've been here for a while, buddy. Take your time. A thousand gallon water tank on the roof to to investigate why the water pressure was having trouble. Uh, and one of the tanks, the flat the the flap was already open. He saw floating in the water, clothes, and a naked body, that was later identified as Lamb. She was in the water. Yeah. The police had to drain and cut open the tank because they couldn't get equipment through the maintenance hole to retrieve the body without, like, destroying it. You know, they wanted to to respect the body. So they cut open the tank, and the the body had started to decompose because at this point it was... uh, almost three weeks yeah to to how long since she had gone missing and, and was in the wet. tank uh the body was also very bloated because of the water and it had a very greenish hue it was just like a really it doesn't it didn't look like a normal body it was it was just even creepier because of the way it had been in the water mm-hmm. and it was just like i don't know it's a strange yeah. situation uh, there was no evidence of physical trauma, assault, rape, or suicide, and the only drugs in her system were her prescription medication and ibuprofen. Uh, some later investigators believe she was under-medicated at this point, or she had stopped taking her medication the past few days because of the amount in her system didn't match the the amount that it should have been based on how oh, much her, she like, was prescribed. Yeah, and there was also more medication in the bottles that they found than there should have been if she was taking it like up to date on it. Oh, gotcha. So she she was most likely under medicated at the point when she died, but other people also pointed out that some of the the some of it could have dissipated with her body being soaked in the water. Um, Valid. But with the with pills there are more pills in the bottle than there should be. More people oh, yeah. lean to the under-medicated side. Which it, both makes sense. But yeah. yeah. Um, and so at this point, because uh, they can't really, they don't know what's going on. They, the, they ruled a death an accidental drowning, which like. Yeah, but really? <laughs> it boggles my mind because like, yeah, she, she drowned. But like, it doesn't answer how why why when how she got there who what where when why how yeah it, like it, it it leaves a lot of questions all the important questions that need to be answered um so yeah i my, my phone did that thing again where it just scrolls to the bottom <laughs> <laughs> are you on google docs yeah weird uh the door and stairway to the roof were locked to everyone but staff you had to have a special key to get in them they were also set up with an alarm so if she would have broken in people would have known and investigated that day staff would have had like records of it uh there was an uh, a fire escape on the outside of the building that people have accessed the roof from before Mm -hmm. so it was possible to get around these doors nobody saw anybody climbing on the fire escape but it could have been late at night yeah it's a possibility so it's definitely a possibility that she could have gotten onto the roof um i didn't know about the fire escape i always thought it was just the doors yeah um Another issue was there was no easy way up to the hatch. So even yeah. though she could get onto the roof and if the hatch was open, because sometimes the, the hatch of the tanks were left open. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people talked about 
like initially when the case happened, media was talking about that those hatches are too heavy for her to lift. I was about to say, I remember that. People have come back after the fact and said, no, she technically could have lifted them. They are heavy, but it is possible. Like it's not, you don't need a bunch of people to lift them. Like some people were claiming that was kind of blown up by media. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So she could have lifted the hatch, but also some of the hatches were left open and there were reports and video from other buildings in the area that could see that the hatches, hatches the open. tanks. So there were were hatches open on some of the tank the day like within the day she was missing not the irresponsibility um so but the problem is there's no way up to the hatch staff has to carry up a ladder to get to the hatch on these like eight foot tanks yeah um so that's one of the weird questions is like how did she get to th- it's possible she could have like found a way to climb up but it's just not likely yeah it's just one of those weird things possible not likely um another thing is some reports said that the hatch was closed but the the staff member who found her did later report that that one was one of the ones left open and it was open when he went up there Mm -hmm. because a big part of the case that people thought like this had to be someone else is because if she would have fallen in the water there would have been no way for her to reach up and close the hatch by herself oh yeah but then he later came out and said that that hatch was open didn't know that um you're telling me so many things i didn't know i always thought the hatch was too heavy to open yeah no that that's what i was told but i went and dug up some stuff um and the fact that they were it might have been left open that's crazy uh and Another weird thing was that police dogs weren't able to find any trace, like I said, on or near the roof. Um, I couldn't find if they checked the fire uh, escape with the dogs, but the only, they couldn't find it anyway, like leading to the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, If the hatch was open Or on the roof. Why didn't they see it? Yeah. Aren't that, like, that's, yeah. (laughs) Why didn't the police notice? Yeah. But at that point, they had no reason to believe she had been on the roof at all. They True, checked it out of, like, to check it to see yeah. if she had gone up there. Um, but do your due diligence. That. Uh, another issue is that the footage, um, some people do believe she was talking to someone out of frame because at some point it looks like she's angrily talking about the elevator not working. Yeah. Uh, so there could have been people around that just didn't want to get in trouble or become a suspect that didn't speak up another issue is a lot of people believe that the footage is tampered with Um, i remember this part there's weird parts with the timing and like i said there's no time the time's either blocked out or Mm -hmm. um it seems jumpy at points like it was cut yeah there's some like some people believe that she she leaves the elevator at one point and comes back um, and some people believe that that time was shortened mm-hmm. or extended. Um, so just another red flag. Um, another big issue is even though that they said that there was no sign of assault or rape, the rape kit and fingernail kit were both left out of the autopsy that was rela- released. I remember that too. Um, and it, the autopsy itself was also released late due to, quote, issues. I don't know if this is the issues of them not being able to put the kits in or, like, yeah. having trouble with the kits, but both of the kits were just kind of left out. Um, and there was also blood pulled near her anus that could be signs of rape, but yeah. because the kit wasn't in the autopsy, they can't put it in. That's with, like, so fucked up. The, the, the cause of death. Um, 
most people involved in the ruling of accidental drowning also just it like the coroner himself even said it was like it felt off something yeah. felt like they 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 felt like they were missing part of the puzzle um uh something else weird is that no one ever found her phone or computer oh i didn't know that would have been in the room yeah in her it hotel wasn't room. it wasn't on her oh it that's wasn't weird. in her hotel room um and her blog continued to upload after her death oh shit <laughs> this could have been it was a tumblr blog and they do have a queue thing yeah. on tumblr so this could have been queued up posts that she had had for either why she was on her trip or something but the it's just creepy yeah but like and there is the potential that someone had her laptop and like started messing with her stuff no literally i mean if her laptop wasn't there uh but it, it's just creepy where did it go <laughs> uh another creepy fact is that the the case hits a lot of the same plot points of a it was actually a movie came out in 2001 and then an american remake was done in 2005 called Mm -hmm. dark water Mm -hmm. almost the same thing happens yeah i remember this a a mom and her daughter check into a hotel they they start complaining about the water pressure a girl that had gone missing a year before was found in the tank disgusting and like that was like just a little odd that it, it followed almost the exact same thing so, there's obviously a lot of, like, you you can see what happened, but, okay. like, there's also a lot of questions. Even if she did just have a psychotic break and fell into the tank kind of, like, absentmindedly and accidentally drowned, there's just a lot of weird stuff yeah. going on. So, like, in in most cases, that's probably what happened is that she... she whether it what like she intended like it was an intended suicide or if she was just in a psychotic break and didn't really understand what was going on and kind of jumped into the tank unknowingly yeah. just like how she was hiding from nothing in the elevator it was just something going on Fucked. um I'll, like that's the most likely scenario and that's what it was ruled as there there's a lot of theories because there's so many just kind of off Weird things and because of where it took place yeah so the theories range from like hotel staff having done it and I that's that why one. the footage it could be tampered with that's why the alarms didn't go off that's why the hatch was said to be found open even if it wasn't right. um that's how she got up there without a ladder it yeah. kind of explains a lot of what's going on and there's also been a lot going on at the Cecil, like to say that the staff was never bad people. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like no, they something definitely has happened there. Like, because <laughs> I remember that theory. I remember because it explains a lot. It it answers, it a, answers lot a lot of questions. And um, and like what staff could have comp- like took taken her stuff out of her room after because oh, yeah, they have the key. Um, tampered with evidence. Another weird thing is why were all her clothes off yeah. in the tank? She, all of her clothes were floating in the tank with her. Right. Um, like, it was just, like, did she do that or did someone did do that after? Like, after or did, assault? Yeah, did somebody throw her in and throw her clothes in after? Um, just, it kind of answers a lot of questions. Uh, but there's, n- other than that, there's no evidence of this. Right. Um, there's no witnesses that could even point in this direction. No, like... No name. No, 
yeah no yeah there was just nothing they, there's they, no sus- suspect n- no leads in this direction so it kind of can't go anywhere um there they're also like people she met in the hotel people she met in town there had been so many like weird instances of people just like going into other rooms on in the hotel and killing somebody and getting mm-hmm. arrested that it wasn't unheard of Literally. Uh, somebody that followed her back she was going out to bars and mm-hmm. she did have a slight amount of alcohol in her system but it wasn't enough to make her like count her as yeah. drunk um but it also could have been one of those things that dissipated in the water. Water, yeah. Um, so she could have been drunk and assaulted. She could have been drunk and fell in. She could have been up there with somebody. She could have not. Like, it's just a lot of questions. Could have, should have, would have. Um, a lot of, a lot of things that are up in the air. But <laughs> some of my favorite theories, and it's bad to say favorite theories. It's kind of insensitive. I don't mean to be. Yeah. But it's just crazy to read them on Reddit are about chemical warfare. I remember this. <laughs> yeah. I remember the chemical warfare Reddit theories. Yeah. So that's why I uh, didn't talk about this on one of my true crime episodes because I did want to talk about the theories. So, like I said, the Cecil Hotel is located on Skid Row in Los Angeles. And as stated, there's a lot of homelessness in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at times, there's been like a... 10,000 homeless people in the area it fluctuates but that like that has been kind of one of the averages of the area it's just uh a lot of homelessness a lot of very rundown neighborhoods um and i don't know it's just like a very crowded and cramped and not very sanitary area Mm -hmm. and there are two forms of this theory but they kind of both play into that in one, uh, Lamb is believed to have been sent to L.A. as a test dummy for a new uh, tuberculosis medicine, which then explains her odd behaviors as symptoms of the medication from being sick from, mm-hmm. like, if she was, in fe- like, given tuberculosis and then given the medication, it could have been conflicting with her medication. She could have been stopping taking her medication right. so she could take the other medication, Um and other stuff and these behaviors do line up with side effects of other tuberculosis medications or treatments so like the the psychological effects of it aren't far-fetched to say that that could be a side effect of a medication um the other way is very similar but kind of twist her role in it a little others believe lamb was a biological weapon sent to la to study the effects of an outbreak of tuberculosis using her to like kind of like start the spread of the virus so one saying they gave her the virus to test treating it and one saying they gave her the virus to spread it like keep it going and or give it in the area um and then people believe she was she had to be killed off though because she she knew too much (laughs) or she was trying to knew too much or she knew like knew the people involved and was trying to get out of it like so fucked yeah a lot of people have said that with her blogs she was gonna like she changed blogs kind of suddenly after having a very successful blog and people believed that she was gonna start trying to out it that way but there's no proof of that yeah um but that are the two like major kind of like headlines of this theory mm-hmm. and either claim can be backed by the fact that the university she went to is known worldwide for their tuberculosis studies they've kind of always led the tuberculosis kind of like 
new developments in treatment, new developments in like uh, detecting it, yeah. and it like who knows what kind of other studies they have done is kind of where the theory draws from. Um, also, there is an interesting fact because right after she died, there was a tuberculosis outbreak in Skid Row. Did not know that. Yeah. What there, the fuck? There was a bad tuberculosis outbreak in Skid Row that plagued the area. That's weird. They had a lot of trouble getting rid of it because this tuberculosis was also strangely resistant to medications. So if they had been testing it with new medications and it became mm-hmm. resistant to that kind of drug, yeah. it kind of made it a little bit harder to get rid of than normal tuberculosis. And because of oh, the ho- that's weird. because of the, the the high homelessness and yeah. because of the um, the unsanitary just being in a rundown area, it spread very fast and yeah. it was pretty devastating to the area. Um, and it lines up right with the timeline. Um, uh, the theory also in some threads on Reddit kind of got a little bit darker saying that it was used as uh, population control in the area. I knew that's where you were going to go with it, but I didn't want you to get there. Yeah, uh, that is all I'm going to say on that. You kind of get the gist of what they're saying, but you can read more about it on Reddit if you want to. (laughs) Everything Uh, is available on Reddit. um, And so, but yeah, there was a real tuberculosis outbreak in in 2013 in Skid Row. I hate that. Um... This, uh, it also stems from the theory there's just a weird coincidence that the test used to de- detect tuberculosis at the time is called the LAM-ELISA test. What? Spelled the exact same way. I feel, no. L-A-M-E-L-I-S-A. Spelled the exact same way with her name, just flipped. That can't be a coincidence. And that's also, it, she has like a Chinese name, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to say it. I yeah. didn't write it down because I didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> um, I should have. But Eliza Lamb is kind of like the name she had here. But she did have like a family Chinese yeah. name that it was based on. And like it makes you wonder like where that name come from? No, literally. Why did you pick that one? How was that coincidence there? Spelled That's the exact weird. same way. That's weird. I think we use a different test now, but during the time, that is what what we were using. Um, I just hate that it's spelled the same way. (laughs) Yeah, you're harping (laughs) on that spelling. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, it's unnerving. Like, why? Yeah. What's the odds of that? (laughs) There aren't any. There's no such thing as a coincidence. The simulation is broken. Um, So, it's usually shut down because she show no signs of tuberculosis according to the autopsy some people like to bring up though that a lot of stuff was left out of the autopsy and they 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 kind of put it out late yeah due to quote issues yeah what are those issues right like anything could have happened that could just could be a cover-up no literally they had to take they took a couple extra days to make sure they had a good cover-up literally um everything's a cover-up and other people point out if they were testing medication maybe the medication did work but she spread it before the medication kind of like fully got rid of it yeah. in her so people kind of play the what if to, to keep the theory going past that and that's um, theories theories are all what ifs that is we talked about that in my forensics class like we had a whole class talking about the the warfare um the chemical warfare theory of eliza lamb mm-hmm. uh but that's kind of like the theory i've always 
looked into and been interested yeah. in but there's also some really cool i say cool and like other ones yeah. other ones that have like a lot of weird circumstantial evidence too yeah um so i also put those in here for you oh thank you <laughs> um, thank you another popular theory claims that a music artist known as get this morbid oh wow because <laughs> our podcast is named mormon Monday, oh, right. yeah, i get the joke <laughs> there's another podcast just named morbid though yeah so they're they're closer to, they did it no but he oh, was shit. he was uh, uh, a mexican music artist and people believe that he may have killed lamb okay uh tell me all about it he posted a video about staying at the hotel the cecil and he also had music about a girl drowning and about chasing a girl and about murdering a girl oh, and wow. about causing a girl to drown. And a lot of people thought that he might have been like a cocky killer leaving clues. I can't stand that theory. Um, but I mean, yeah, I see what you're just saying. Because it I'm picking ju- up what you're putting down. Just at the same time, he started talking about the Cecil and then was putting out music about killing a girl and drowning a girl. And she was drowned and maybe killed. <laughs> maybe killed i can't so uh he got attacked and i believe he shut down some of his social media because of it good um, <laughs> and don't uh, make music about murder uh, he was also it's just a hypothetical like, yeah if you yeah. didn't do it don't pretend you did yeah it was like i don't know he he was kind of i'd Somewhere said he was questioned, but I couldn't find any other. It was yeah. just an article. I don't know if he was, but he was kind of just kind of pulled into it out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of it was only circumstantial. He had an alibi. He was out of the country okay. at the the point. Oh, so he was just being a dick. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, he left social media. <laughs> Another strange thing, uh, remember we said one of the last places she had went was a bookstore. Uh-huh. That bookstore uh, is called The Last Bookstore. And it's the last bookstore she went to. <laughs> it gets more. It gets more. There's more to that. Okay, theory. I was about to say. I was about to say, like, that's, that's a crazy coincidence, but. <laughs> so, if you go to, in their, like, domain their website if you go to the postal code used in their registration information and you put that postal code into google maps you want to know where it leads you the cecil the spot where lamb's buried oh (laughs) fuck (laughs) i didn't expect that i didn't expect that at all i didn't expect i just got slapped across the face (laughs) no whoa i read that and i was like how what's the chances of that for that who looked for that information? Yeah, they said the really? postal code of their register—that's whack. Um, I, I couldn't find the video, but an article said that there was a video explaining how this could have happened, mm-hmm. like the, the what caused the coincidence. I could not find the video. I'm still gonna keep looking for it because I'm super interested in how a postal code could—that that was the last place, one of the last places yeah. she was seen alive—leads to her burial spot. There's no such thing as a coincidence. The simulation is just broken. Yeah. That's probably what the video says, honestly. Uh, other weird stuff about the case. Uh, she was in room 514. Mm-hmm. And she, in in this, uh, in, in, not this, in Chinese culture, that number is very unlucky, specifically in hotel rooms, because people often are driven to suicide in that room. Gotcha. Or it causes death in that room. What number? Uh, five fourteen. Okay. The day our podcast was started on. 
<laughs> it's a yeah. Four. It's four, isn't it? It's four fourteen. Damn. But I really, for a second, I was like nodding along. I was like, yeah, I'm picking up what you're saying. And then my brain was like homestuck. Like I thought, I thought no, you no. said four thirteen. No, five fourteen. I might five fourteen. Reading it, but yeah, five fourteen. And it's because the way it's said in Chinese. Don't know how to say it, but uh, it translates the number of room five fourteen. If you say it, it sounds very similar to the Chinese room word for like room of death or gotcha. death in this room. Like it's a, just a very similar sounding phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's led to uh, the idea of bad luck in a, that number, Makes especially sense. with hotel rooms and apartment numbers and stuff like that, because it says room. If we had started our podcast a month later, <laughs> yeah, would have been our birthday. Yeah. And then there was also this one that I kind of found last second on Reddit and threw it in here because it's interesting. And it was just kind of added to the some creepy factors of it. Gotcha. Uh, there was graffiti found on the tank uh, <gasps> that she was found in. Nope, don't like it already. Um, And it said, it was translated. I don't remember what languages were written in at first. Oh my gosh. I thought I wrote it down and I didn't and I don't remember. But when translated, it says, in fact, she was a cunt. And oh. the post that appeared the day after she died, or the day, like, her blog was uploading after she supposedly died. Mm. The next post was cunt again. It was odd how men use that word to demean woman when it was, only, when it was the only part of woman they valued. <gasps> and so a lot of people have found, like, it's that's like a conversation weird. No, almost. that's weird. Um, and it's a Especially because it was after she died, right? So yeah. there is the possibility that someone was posting from her account. Yeah. I and graffitied can't. that. But yeah, that is some of the conspiracy theories behind the Eliza Lamb case. In all realness, it was probably due to uh, she had a history. She really struggled with her mental disorders and had gone missing one time after taking her, uh, not taking her medication. And so this was was probably very sick. Yeah, she she probably stopped taking her medication when she went on the trip, and it led to some like mental issues and mental breakdown. And it, however, that wound her up. Tragic. Yeah, it really is to like. That it, it was just, she nobody was watching what she was doing. She somehow got the roof. Like, just, yeah. it was, it, yeah, it was probably just a, a mishap in, in all seriousness. If the tank was open and she yeah. was mentally ill and, like, decided to go for a swim or yeah. something. Yeah. But the... It like, is just weird. Yeah, it is just weird. And like the at, the whole atmosphere surrounding the Cecil and this case particular, mm-hmm. there's just so many unanswered parts of it. And so much information didn't come out until after. Like the fact that the people went on for so long thinking the hatch was closed. Yeah. Like people went on for so uh, long. The media that kind of like circled around this case uh, kind of blew up, grabbed onto bits and pieces, and somewhere along the lines, it probably said a heavy hatch, and then some people said, oh, heavy, they must mean, like, unliftable. Yeah. Um, I was told that it needed, like, three people to lift the hatch, like, same. manhole color covers. I was told, too, yeah. Um, and apparently well, obviously that... obviously, we were told the same thing. We conferred with each other when we were 12 about yeah. this fucking shit. Um, and I, I read an article talking about that that kind of... That was a rumor spread out of just media online yeah. and that, like, you can see in the, the case files that that's just not the case about the hatch. So a lot of it is misinformation. Right. Um, but it's also, like... 
someone's word against someone else's like like we said it was just the staff guy said i found it open right but did, did you actually or did you do it right <laughs> or did you do it but it's like i because i remember there is so much misinformation around that case but that why do you check that tank weird. first the fact that the footage just is tampered with is weird the fact that her belongings are missing are just weird. Yeah. It's yeah, and like it could have been Involving why that was happening. Both of the electronic devices. Yeah, like, a petty thief information on in that? the area maybe, but it's just weird. This like the 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 coincidence. Like we say, there's no such thing as coincidence, but in this case there was just some weirdly timed things. Yeah. It just could have been bad timing. Right. And it could it like that might be all it boils up to or there might have been something way bigger going on right and th- there's just not enough leads to even point you in that direction it's a bad shit case and it's dude it also goes to like if the the autopsy really did have issues and they weren't able to get those kids in and those kids those kids might spin a whole different story yeah. um it could she could have been assaulted and mm-hmm. we that kit was just not in the autopsy we don't know the answers to that yeah. it just said the body didn't appear to be but the body was also extremely bloated, bloated and was decomposing at this point because it was yeah. three weeks later um, and wet and there was blood pooled in a way that points point to that yeah so it without that kit and without the fingernail kit and without other stuff in the autopsy there's just like no way to go from here no, you kind of just have to live with the the ruling of accidental drowning because yeah and it's even if it doesn't sit well with anyone it does and it doesn't because there are no answers even with the coroner has said it doesn't sit right no it feels wrong I don't know. That case has always been one that kind of just, like, lives in the back of my mind. Yeah, no. Every once in a while. I watch the video every now and then again. I'm like, why did I do this? It's so off-putting. Because it really does look like she's talking to someone. Yeah. I've always thought that that's what it looked like. Like, And then she's hiding at one point. She, like, gets up against the wall and looks scared. And if she was assaulted. And then she goes out into the hall and start, like, her hands start flicking in a weird way. And it just is creepy. Right. The way, like, she's moving fast and, like jerking around at Mm -hmm. some points with her hands and like at some point she looks frustrated and then she looks scared and then she looks like she's playing peekaboo with someone outside the elevator jumping in and out oh it's such a weird video nothing about it is pleasant it'll Mm -hmm. be in our discord yeah google drive same thing not maybe so did you learn some new things about i did i didn't know that half of it was misinformation Yeah. I really didn't. And that there was a tuberculosis outbreak. Did you know that California banned homelessness a few days ago? No. Yeah. Homeless people just aren't allowed to be in populated areas anymore. They get arrested. Where do they go? Exactly. What happens when they get arrested? Because that's the solution for homelessness in California. Why can't we do what Finland did and, like, fix it? Finland just paid to fix homelessness, and it worked, and it actually turned a profit. So, like... Can we just all be like Finland? Finland's also one of the happiest countries in the world. Also the safest. Yeah. Finland's like right up there. I'm moving. Finland, yeah, they have some of the best STEM education in the world. Mm-hmm. They have some of the best like schooling systems outside of STEM in the world. The way they... they, they I watched a documentary on their education system once. And it's, it's crazy. Like four days a week and you're out by noon. They just did... Um, four-day work week mm-hmm. and it, like it's it, people are still making profit people are still like they're happier um Finland's just good yeah you know like the maternity and paternity leaves are good maternity and, and like the food you're fed in the hospital is just, like the, the health care is just better 
America is a third world country wearing a Gucci belt. <laughs> and you know what? I stand by that. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair way to end. <laughs> I, I'm left feeling empty. I, the after these past two episodes. <laughs> like, so much happened. I kind of did an uh, Eliza Lamb is a, a a behemoth. Yeah, and it's it, a big I, one. I didn't put it into true crime because it it's an accidental drowning is the ruling. Yeah. Um, and then there's theories as to why it cannot be. So I right. felt like. It, I it, mean, it makes sense. I I completely agree with that. Um, but it is a heavy case nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So it's it kind of it kind of is up there with the true crime. So we got like one two punch with the heaviness right no, now. Literally, a missing child and an accidental drowning. And then right before that was, for us, the the Jeffrey McDonald. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I did. And Island of Dolls. And <laughs> we just we, no, we're really like came out, out swinging. Um, we really said, let's mentally torture ourselves for six hours. What's your next episode? What is my next episode? It's another true crime, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. <gasps> oh, I just remembered... Oh no! <laughs> what? It's probably. It's another heavy one. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh great, mine is too. Oh great. I've, I we really came out swinging. Oh, but now would be a perfect time to tell you what I was going to do for episode twenty-three that I now not will be. Okay. Not will be. Um, dude, I straight up like I picked my topics. I organized them. I sorted them all. Um, to plan so I could figure out what we were gonna do for episode twenty five because something was special for twenty five, and I wanted to know my topic in advance. And um, I straight up for twenty three was gonna do the Russian sleep experiment, <gasps> and I was like, I could do that, but Emily just would know it. Like you just would know what would happen. You would know the twist. Oh, we should do like a. I feel like we should do like a reading of it. Yeah, that like, should be one of our reading ones for sure. Because the creepy pasta itself is only about like 20 minutes worth of content i was just gonna like because okay the reason i got the idea was because my favorite podcast ever and that's why we drink right right um i listened to it at work and one of the one of the days i was listening to it i my friend and i like she had one airpod and i had the other one and we were listening to it as we were like unpacking boxes and M did the Russian sleep experiment, but presented it as fact <gasps> and, and didn't tell Christine until the last minute that it was a creepypasta. And when oh, you present it oh as something, like when you don't do the disclaimer in the beginning, like it is just terrifying to listen to. But I was like, but Emily was no, like, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't, but and I didn't want to sit here and read a creepypasta. It'd only be like 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and, like, presenting it as fact, like, I don't know. It's harder to talk about it when you're just reading a story, too. And we just know it. Yeah. We like, just <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to do it. That's funny. Isn't it? Didn't, though. Not going to. I was just thinking about the Russian sleep experiment the other day. Our minds are in sync. I hate this. I hate that. When are we going to do the same topic? <laughs> what if we would have sat down and both started to tell each other the Russian sleep experiment? That would have been a paradox. I can't. We also do this thing where it's, like, we sometimes blur the lines between, like, what... Because it's our personal classifications. Like, today, I would have classified Eliza as a true crime. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I had sat down and been, like, my true crime today is Eliza Lamb, 
you would have been like, my conspiracy theory today is it's Eliza, Eliza Lamb. Lamb. Like, I can't stand us. It is interesting because what, what was the the SCPs I put in, in ghosts? Ghost because yeah. I, I, I saw it as a creature and I did the Lugaru as one of my ghosts because it was like a creature. Right. Um, and see, I would have classified the Lugaru as like other. Okay. Because it's like... Because I, I kind of tied ghost and folklore yeah. and that kind of stories together. And then somehow SCPs got lumped together. I it did, is just weird. I did the Wendigo, which is a folklore. I did that one for other. Yeah. Like, so it's just interesting. Side note. What? That creepypasta that I sent you the other day. What is that? Or not the creepypasta, the SCP. Oh, what is that? Okay. I did not know what was happening. I didn't know the number of it. But what it is, is I don't, it's like a... I can't summarize it great here, mm. but the concept is that whatever it is, the anomaly is, it makes you, you see bodies in the water mm-hmm. of the lake. I think it's a specific lake, but it might be just any body of water. There's, there's bodies in it and it makes you recognize the bodies in the water. So you come closer and oh. then it pulls you in. Weird. So it, it it's the, the, the repeating, like, do you recognize the bodies in the water is, gotcha. is like, that SCP's whole thing is it lures you in because you see your dead friends and family yeah. in the water. I can't. That's so fucked up. SCPs get me, dude. They'll come, like, I'll be watching a video. It was Markiplier doing a Q&A, and then it turned into, do you recognize the bodies in the water? Yeah. And, like, I lost my fucking mind. I cannot stand the internet because <laughs> I will just be existing in my daily life, and then suddenly I'm left. Markiplier's in SCP. I, like, right. Like, at this point... A lot of people were like, is he bringing Darkoplier back? And it's like, no. No, bro. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to look it up. I actually think I looked it up the other day. Yeah, I did. But I never... I clicked the page and then left the... It's a, lo- it's a lake. It's been quarantined and fenced off. And under no circumstances are Foundation personnel allowed to approach. SCP-2316, Level 4, Containment Class, Keter. Risk Class, Danger. Damn. Unauthorized access is forbidden. It will only be investigated with drones. <laughs> Whack. Do you recognize the bodies in the water? No. Cool. Do you remember the, the Lake Pontchartrain song? Yep. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I forced Lucille to experience that song not too long ago. Really? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful song. That one and Love Me Dead by Ludo. Yeah. Yeah. Loved that. I found that song through Homestuck. <laughs> Dude, yesterday I was driving home from work and I put on like a YouTube playlist of like songs because they weren't available on Spotify that I just wanted to listen to. And at a red light, like I reached down to grab my phone and the, the light turned green real fast. So I just kind of like snatched my hand away or like put my phone like in between my legs on the seat or whatever. Um, and just kind of like panned back over to Spotify real quick because I was like, I'm done with this. I opened my phone when we got home, and it was definitely opened up on, like, a Homestuck Wikipedia page or a Tumblr page. I was like, how did I manage to grab my phone, (laughs) click Tumblr, click a Homestuck blog, and, like, this is what I – it was – I opened up my fucking phone to, like, fan icons of people making themselves look like the Homestuck children. No. (laughs) How? And now you're here. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. <laughs> okay. I think that's where we end. I think I think we've made it. We described an, a bonus SCP right at the end. Do you recognize the bodies in the water? 
Do you recognize the We're not at the, the lake. Water? We're not at the lake. Do you recognize the bodies in the water? I'll pick the mic up while I stand up. Do you recognize the bodies in the water? There is no water in this room. Do you recognize Stop. the bodies in the water? <laughs> You've been asleep for so long, Emily. I haven't. I went to bed at 3 a.m. So many people miss you. Wake up. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.